with a horrific series of attacks in Israel. For the last two weeks, Israel and Hamas have been the focus of nearly every news report. As it should have been, it's important that we continue to stand with Israel and those who stand against evil. But in true far left fashion, Democrats conveniently have used this tragedy to slip by other news stories that every American should know. Insane spending, even more money to Ukraine, another attack against cryptocurrency, prices through the roof, Hunter Biden's latest legal strategy, and updates to the COVID origin story that you haven't heard. So tonight, we start there. I'm going to take you down a very windy, corrupt trail until we reach our final destination, a shady lab in Wuhan, China. You will never view our medical system the same. Hello, America. Well, who saw this story last week? Government health regulators in Canada confirmed that a DNA sequence in the Pfizer COVID vaccine was present that could cause cancer. But Pfizer failed to disclose it. Now, that seems kind of important, doesn't it? Why would you keep that part out? Well, they were trying to rush through their version of the vaccine, and the entire world was getting guilted and shamed into taking it. Now, that disclosure might have delayed the rollout, Okay, Uh, but they couldn't allow that to happen. So we became guinea pigs, lab rats, without a choice and without information. There are two major wars. Well, there's actually more than that. But for tonight, there's two major wars going on in the world right now, threatening to draw us in. For weeks, the House played reindeer games with the Speaker's vote. And then... That caused these questions, the questions about Pfizer and COVID and everything else, just slip by. No one saw that Pfizer story last week because there's too much crap going on in the world. But as far as questions are concerned, COVID-19 may be the granddaddy of them all. After three years, the biggest question in the world has still not been answered. Where did COVID-19 come from? What's its origin? Does our government even care? Because they've apparently been chasing animals all over China, hoping that they would eventually find the trace of that infamous bat soup that kicked off a global pandemic. I've done an entire special on this. News reports continue to this day that directly contradict the government's excuse of natural origin. It seems way too obvious that COVID began in a Chinese lab. So why are we still being told otherwise? Better yet, why are we accepting the ridiculous narrative? The best definition of government that I've ever seen comes from Congressman Thomas Massey, and it rings true for every republic, democracy, dictatorship, monarchy, everything. And here it is. Government is whatever the people in power can get away with, and whatever the people they govern will tolerate teach that in every civics class in public school. Make that the opening statement for every professor in college-level political science courses. Government growth and reduction is commensurate 
with whatever we allow or deny. We cannot allow the government to continue to lie directly to our faces over what really happened with COVID-19. It's important for our future. Enough is enough. I want to show you an exchange between a reporter and a journalist just a few weeks ago. Watch. How much money went from USAID to this, to the work at Wuhan and to their collaborator, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina uh, to create, the, to collect and make coronaviruses that are weaponized, that um, are more deadly. So I, first of all, reject the implicit accusation in that question, and I do not have at my finger, I, 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 I do not, I do not have at my fingertips the particular details of USAID. Yeah. Just immediately dismiss the question with a smirk. Why not simply answer the question? What is so dangerous about a question over USAID funding to Wuhan? This is key because it goes directly to the entire cover-up. And I'm going to come back to this later in the show. I'm also going to show you some of the findings from the Congressional Oversight Committee on COVID origins. Some of the findings that have been intentionally released. Some of them have been even accidental, but most of it has barely been reported on. And the biggest story and question in the world is being ignored. Why? I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that there's another big election coming up. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? No, no, no. You need to be afraid. There's a new COVID strain on the loose, you know. As the New York Times points out, COVID infections are rising. Nursing homes need vaccines. This is from NBC. <gasps> oh my gosh. Long COVID, it's here. Democrats are looking into mask mandates again. And of course, they've got a new COVID vaccine ready to go. The government is still using this virus to scare us. They're still using it as a means of control. But neither they, not any of these vaccine companies, with their legions of scientists and experts, can tell us one pivotal part of the story. Where did it come from? Now, there's a reason we're not being told the full story. And it is always the same reason why we're always being yanked around all over the place when it comes to medical care and the entire American medical system. I don't care if it's a government-controlled health care system or a crony system, but medical care means big dollar signs, and there's an unholy alliance between the government, big pharma, and big finance that keeps you and me running in circles while they reap all the benefits. Have you ever followed the money flowing into the largest institutions of big pharma? The top two shareholders of Pfizer are BlackRock and Vanguard. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? Those two companies also happen to be the top financiers of ESG and the Great Reset's goal of remolding global society. All right, how about Johnson & Johnson? Their top two financiers are BlackRock and Vanguard. Okay, how about Moderna? Vanguard and BlackRock are numbers two and three. Now, I remember... What I showed you during our COVID special, do you? The government co-owns the vaccine with Moderna. There's even a page annotated in their contract agreement 
designating a bank account at the Federal Reserve where all the royalties are to be sent. That's right. They're in black and white. The government, big pharma, big finance, all colluding in the name of public health care. BlackRock, Vanguard, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, the government. That's a lot of fingers in our cookie jar. Do you trust any of them? Here's what we can trust, without any shadow of a doubt, that there is big money in Americans taking drugs and vaccines, especially new and exciting ones. Remember the government's jihad against the use of hydroxychloroquine in treating COVID? Peter Navarro recently pointed out how the Mayo Clinic had a webpage that admitted the drug can be used to treat coronavirus. Now, this caused quite a stir. I mean, what do you know? The Mayo Clinic rapidly took down that page and replaced it with this. It now says it's not recommended as treatment for coronavirus. What? Why was the government, mostly Fauci, so against using this drug to treat COVID? We just had to get the vaccine. They didn't want us just treating the symptoms. They needed us all to be vaxxed and masked. But if we just had to use treatment, it should be the new and exciting drug from Gilead called remdesivir. Remember that? Fauci said it would set a new standard of care. Well, we would later find out that the FDA approved remdesivir and contracts were signed without knowing that the drug had failed a trial, showing that it, quote, does not reduce mortality or the time COVID-19 patients take to recover. So it was just an expensive placebo that somehow got rammed through FDA approval. This is what Fauci prophesied would, care, would, would set the new standard of care. Maybe he meant the new standard in profits. I wonder who the top shareholders in Gilead are. Want to guess? Yeah, BlackRock and Vanguard. This is why we can't get a straight answer from anyone on COVID. There are too many dogs in the fight, and more importantly, too much money at stake. The medical industrial complex controls the information, and it is a system that was designed back in the progressive era. When we come back, I'm going to show you the history of how all of this came to be, and you may never look at our system the same way ever again. Back in just a minute. Listen to the experts. It's science, man. Science isn't political, ideological, or anything elsical. It's just science. How many times have you heard that lately? Here's something from MIT published this article, MIT, during the pandemic, claiming that one of the biggest lessons from COVID-19 is that maybe now we'll listen to the gods of the beaker in the lab coat. And speaking of listening to the scientists, listen to this from Neil deGrasse Tyson after Stephen Colbert asked him about COVID. What I will say of this virus, I think we're in the middle of a massive experiment Uh, worldwide. And that is- Where's the guinea pigs? uh, uh, Maybe the experiment is, will people listen to scientists? In, in this case, 
Referring to medical professionals? Medical professionals. In this particular say, case? Say Anthony Fauci over oh, for, allergy and infectious disease. For example, yeah. and um, are you washing your hands? And are you taking these precautions? These are warnings offered by scientists. And for our own good. For our own good. Wow. For our own good. It is truly a cult. I think the massive experiment that he was referring to was actually a giant brainwashing campaign because the person they immediately name drop was the who's who's to trust, Fauci. How many times were people like Fauci proven wrong over the last few years? How many times did these experts and scientists tell us the vaccine would prevent us from contracting COVID? How many times did they tell us that wearing a mask would do something beyond making our faces hot and sweaty? They told us to lock down to reduce the spread. How'd that work out? I mean, honestly, what did they actually get right? Anything? At this point, if something like COVID ever happens again, I'm going to wait and see what the scientists tell us and then perhaps do exactly the opposite. It's a cult. But it is also the very foundation that our entire medical system was founded upon. The history behind it is insane. And it's on the same level of insanity as the founding of the Federal Reserve and Jekyll Island. But with one big difference. The founding of the Fed was done in secret. The fundamental transformation how Americans received medical care and the system it birthed was done right out in the open. But most people have never heard this story. I recently came across this book, uh, Rockefeller and the Medicine Men. It tells the entire story. The history it describes is pretty sound, but I do have to warn you, the book is heavily flawed. The author is E. Richard Brown. He's a ginormous lefty. In fact, he sounds downright Marxist. His entire thesis is that capitalists transformed American medical care in an effort to spread the evils of capitalism. But everything he describes in the book is not capitalism, it's cronyism. And Marxism and cronyism have the same end result, a small elite at the very top that reap all of the benefits while people like you and me pay the consequences because we're lab rats. That's why this perverted view of real history, in my opinion, the best place to read the story, because you'll understand both of those things, science and Marxism. The author and the work he would do later in his life is the perfect example of how truly jacked up our medical system currently is. I'll tell you later who he is um, in the show. But expert and science worship insanely expensive medical schools, insanely expensive medical care, the way doctors become doctors, big pharma. It's all a byproduct of a coup that was launched on the medical and healthcare system by none other than John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie. And it's all true. At the dawn of the progressive era, doctors were not the most popular people at the party. Medicines were too expensive. And who wanted to go see a doctor when their go-to remedy was bleeding and purging? Oh, you got a cold. Bring in the leeches. People didn't like doctors. So what did the average American do most of the time when they got sick? Well, they went to a local lay healer. 
They went to their local herbalists. They sought out advice from chiropractors. They often uh, went to people who had offered proven home remedies. Unlicensed lay healers, herbalists, chiropractors, home remedies. Do you hear any doctor ever advocating any of these cheaper, less intrusive options? Of course, of course they don't ever do that. All of these were options and they were a direct threat to doctors and the medical industry. So during the progressive era, doctors rallied together and created medical societies in an attempt to improve their image. The majority of these medical societies consolidated under the American Medical Association, the AMA, which still continues to dominate the medical profession today. The AMA had a conference in 1905 to officially establish all of the standards and the licensing boards from all over the country attended. Now, much of the medical industrial complex that we now know as reality began to take shape there. The doctors of the AMA were annoyed with the sheer amount of doctors that were being churned out. They wanted more prestige, more money. So the numbers had to be culled. They decided to make it more difficult to become a doctor and go to medical school. So they added university level ad education as mandatory before you could apply to medical school. If you ever wondered why you had to go to college first and then take a standardized test before getting into medical school, this is the reason. Medical schools that allowed herbalist, homopathy, unapproved medical options were denied AMA certification. No certification meant no funding. And this new age of science-driven medicine was expensive. Medical schools, new expensive labs, they were, they were the ones that survived. Between 1905 and 1910, 30 schools had to merge and 21 had to completely shutter and close down. Student fees were no longer enough to sustain this new era of science medicine. And the two primary backers, backers of America's medical transformation were John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie, the who's who of progressive era gazillionaires. By 1928, Rockefeller funded this transformation of American medicine to the tune of $65 million. That's the equivalent of $1 billion of today's money. In 1910, with all the money churning in the right direction, Andrew Carnegie teamed up with the AMA and released the Flexner Report. It accused any caregiver or school teaching their practices that were not approved by the AMA as quackery. Anyone that offered treatment outside of the new science, anything outside of the new medicines, vaccines, surgeries, was looked down on. You were a quack. Have you ever noticed how chiropractors don't have the same status as regular doctors today? It stems from this era and this report. The medical revolution had begun. Treatments changed from having options like home remedies, herbal options, and others, to only drugs, surgery, and long-term hospital stays. That meant big medical bills for people like you and me, big money for the new big pharma, and big dollars for doctors now on tenure at the new and improved state-of-the-art medical schools. As Rockefeller and Carnegie funded the entire transformation, both giving the equivalent of $5.5 uh, $5 billion in today's money, that ensured all of this happening. Medical schools became beholden to the billionaires funding them. 
Likewise, the emerging companies of Big Pharma, the hospitals, the doctors, all loyalists now. The big question here is why? Why did the progressive era billionaires take on the role of fundamentally transforming American healthcare? Well, if you ask one of them the time, they would probably say something you've all heard a million times from climate alarmists and anyone pushing, you know, the way of the vax. It's science, man. It's science. Uh-huh. I'm sure it didn't have anything to do at all with Rockefeller's complete dominance of the oil industry. And at the turn of the century, as transformation was beginning, scientists discovered the role of petrochemicals and the role of making things like aspirin, penicillin, multiple other big money drugs and vaccines. This entry at the Library of Congress even mentions that Rockefeller Standard Oil had a partnership with the German chemical and medical company IG Farben. By the way, you know what IG Farben made, right? Zyklon B that killed all the Jews. Bayer is one of their products. Rockefeller was working with them in the 1920s, the same exact time he was spending billions upon billions to transform American healthcare and delegitimize any healthcare provider or medical school that offered any alternative. This was the birth of Big Pharma and the entire medical industrial complex. The author of this book calls it the evils of capitalism, but it is not capitalism, it is cronyism. And at the end, the result of cronyism and leftism is exactly the same. You and I get screwed, but a select elite at the very top reap all of the benefits. This is why this version of the story is so important. After he wrote this book, the author, E. Richard Brown, would go on to advise President Clinton during his attempted push for national health care. He then served as Obama's senior health policy advisor during the push for Obamacare. So he must be some big-time doctor, right? Well, kind of. He's a doctor, but his doctorate is in sociology. So let's see what happened since the evils of capitalism were defeated, shall we? How have things changed? By 2013, after the rollout took place and Obamacare was in, the United States government became the largest spender in healthcare in the world. We dwarf countries with nationalized healthcare, and it's not even close. So if we go by the left's reasoning here, premium and health costs should go down since then, right? I mean, that's what it was about. It's saving the average person money every single year. Well, in 2010, when Obamacare was signed into law, the average premium cost for an average family was $14,000. Now, watch this number fall, or not. By 2012, it was 16. By 2018, it was $20,000. 2020, uh, it was 21. And by 2022, it was $22,000. This is not going in the right direction. Why are they rising? Since the year 2000, average premium costs have risen 249%. Now, whether it's crony-driven or leftist, the results are the same. The medical-industrial complex is designed to keep U.S. paying big time, the government and us, while the elite at the top get to make plans to buy their third or fourth house. This is how it really works. This is why we can't get straight answers on the COVID origin story. 
There are too many dollars at play and too many big names involved. But little by little, the truth is leaking out. And boy, let me open up a fire hydrant in a minute. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And as I told my radio audience, uh, what, two weeks ago when Israel was hit, I said, this is going to take the news for a while. And we're not going to be able to cover the things that are really important because there's too much. And I urged the audience at that time to get my, my daily newsletter. It's free. You just go to glenbeck.com and you sign up for it. And every day there's between 60 and 90 stories that we send out to you. I hand select them. Um, and they're the stories that I think that day are the most important. And I said, we're not going to be able to cover these right now. But we will continue to watch these subjects because there's so much going on. It's not just the war in Israel. It's now anti-Semitism and what game the United States colleges and government are playing with anti-Semitism versus Islamophobia. We have Ukraine. We have Israel, Ukraine, and the border all being wrapped up into one bill where I'm not sure that that money is really solid at all for any of those things. We have all of the corruption. I mean, if I had to ask you which secretary would you fire first or impeach first? What would it be? HHS? Uh, would it be the Department of Energy? Would it be uh, the, the um, Attorney General's office? They're all so corrupt. We have to follow, and this is a promise I made to the audience, that we would follow these stories. But it's, it's easy to forget what was beginning to happen the past few months before the House Speaker debacle completely railroaded everything. The House Oversight Committee was sending out updates on everything from the Biden crime family to COVID origins every other day. And it was becoming breathtaking, some of the stories that were released. Now... After one crazy news cycle after the next and a vacant House Speaker chair, we got a whole lot of nothing. But we were watching. I'm sure there's a lot of people in high places right now thinking they're lucky stars, but the questions still remain, kind of like this one. Just uh, a little under a month ago, the House Oversight Committee had to threaten the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, Xavier Becerra, with subpoenas for slow walking the COVID investigation. It has been three years. Wouldn't the information really be easy to grab? What is the HHS trying to hide from Congress? Well, let me show you. Here's an example of the games being played to hide damaging information on people like Anthony Fauci. The redaction judo employed in this email is insane. Look at this email. This is an email originally sent by Fauci to his staff on February 1st, 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Everything is redacted minus the, the first seven and last nine words on the entire page-long email. That's not giving you anything. It's ridiculous. You, uh, you know, the U.S. right to know thought the same. 
and they sued the government for a less redacted version. It's obvious something in this email was dangerous to people like Fauci, but what was it? So they got the second version obtained by the U.S. right to know, still heavily reacted with fragments of sentences. We can see all the missing conclusion or point of the statement. Uh, You know, one point to make clear, redacted, most of the redacted, all of the redacted. That is not what they redacted. They were, they felt it was, reasons for each side of the argument. After discussion, they all felt that redacted. What's so damaging about the sentence followed by the harmless words, they were? Well, we know now. We finally have the full unredacted version of the email that the House GOP got their hands on. The dangerous sentences that were redacted following the words they were described how Fauci's own people found the mutations that were unusual and that, quote, There was a suspicion that this mutation was intentionally inserted. Fauci then continues from his own words, quote, the suspicion was heightened by the fact that scientists in Wuhan University are known to have been working on the gain of function experiments and the outbreak originated in Wuhan. Wait, what? Now, how does that jive with Fauci's sworn statements to Congress? He told Senator Rand Paul that he was, quote, egregiously incorrect over the idea that Wuhan was engaged in gain-of-function research and the U.S. government was funding it. Well, we now have a fully unredacted email that shows he knew gain-of-function was happening and his staff suspected COVID was created by the Chinese. We also have this email now obtained by U.S. Right to Know. This is an email to Fauci from his staff in January 2020. It describes gain-of-function research, and it goes into full detail how Fauci's NIAID has funded it. These are the conversation people like Fauci were having in private. Meanwhile, in public, they were denying everything and diverting attention. But it goes deeper. The cover-up continues. Wait until I show you what we found while the world went to war when we come back. All right, let me get to the final part here about Fauci and the government's COVID cover-ups. They, they seem to focus around a couple of things. Who knew what was happening in Wuhan? When did they know it? And how much funding was involved? Now, these are questions that direct their redactions, fuel their public lies, and ultimately keep them awake at night, I hope. These questions apparently worried them so much that the CIA had to get involved. We found out last month that the CIA tried to pay off their own analysts to bury evidence that COVID likely resulted from a lab leak. Now listen to this. The CIA's cover-up even involved Fauci. Quote, Dr. Fauci was escorted into Central Intelligence Headquarters without a record of entry and participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review. Let me restate that. Fauci was smuggled in to CIA headquarters in secret to show our top spy agency how to deceive the American people 
what really happened with COVID. Why? I just showed you earlier how Fauci knew as early as January 2020 about what was going on in Wuhan and how his agency was funding it all. So I get why he was worried, but why was the FBI or the CIA worried? I want to play this video again that I showed at the top of the show. Watch this. How much money went from USAID to this, to the work at Wuhan and to their collaborator, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina? Uh, to create, to collect and make coronaviruses that are weaponized, that um, are more deadly. So I, first of all, reject the implicit accusation in that question, and I do not have at my finger, I, 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 do, not, I do not have at my fingertips hey, the stop. particular this is This is incredible. Look how he looks down his nose and smirks. Why couldn't he just answer how much money USAID gave to Wuhan? Why is it so scary? Well, I have the answer to this reporter's question. The NIH and USAID, either directly or routed through other entities, funded Wuhan with over $2 million. The money goes all the way back to 2014. But why the heck was USAID so interested in funding the Chinese biolabs of all things? Well, take a look at this. This is a State Department diplomatic cable that was obtained from U.S. Right to Know. It mentions something called the Global Virome Project that was started by USAID. The subject line of this cable says that China's interest in this program, quote, presents an opportunity. The report goes on to say if we fail to get China involved, their government could, quote, take a leading position in this potentially path-breaking uh, endeavor, undermining years of USG leadership and considerable investment. So they didn't want China's involvement as partners. They wanted to spy on them. The fact is, USAID has a long history of basically a cardboard cutout for CIA operations. This is a FOIA on the CIA's involvement through USAID to operate Air America in the 1970s. This is also a 1976 report to Congress detailing USAID's work with the CIA to train foreign police forces in, quote, terror and torture techniques. Getting caught in the 70s doesn't seem to have changed USAID's activities. They were recently outed for funding a social media platform to try to destabilize Cuba. It kind of puts the CIA and Fauci's involvement in this cover-up in new context, doesn't it? As in everything, follow the money. And did you see this news last month? Health and Human Services announced they were officially halting all federal funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I'm sorry, could we read that again? We were still funding them? Check this out from HHS's official statement, and I quote, the Wuhan lab, WIV, may have conducted an experiment yielding a level of viral activity which was greater than the permitted under the terms of the grant, which possibly or could lead to health problems. But what does that mean? They were doing gain-of-function research on coronavirus. As I showed you before the break, this is what Fauci's own people were concerned about. The funding still continued we asked that question over and over again. Are we still funding it? They said they weren't. 
The report goes on to say that the gain-of-function experiments, quote, possibly did lead or could lead to health issues or other unacceptable outcomes. What do you think? Maybe 7 million deaths? How many people have to die? Possibly did lead to health issues? Again, I'll translate that. Holy crap, Wuhan experimented on the coronavirus. We funded it, and that's what led to the pandemic. Wow, well, good thing we're in this crony deal with all these big pharmaceutical companies. They can give us a uh, a pharmaceutical that we can force people to inject themselves in. We'll make all kinds of money. They'll make all kinds of money. Every single kid that drops dead of a heart attack because they took this vaccine... May you pay forever in the fires of hell for this. This is the closest thing you're going to get to an admission by our government that, yes, it was a lab leak. Yes, they were funding them. Yes, they knew what was going on in Wuhan. Now the question is, when did they know it? Well, check this out. This is a five-year progress report on what U.S. dollars were funding in Wuhan. It was submitted by... EcoHealth Alliance's Peter Daszak. It describes gain-of-function research and humanized mice. Check the date, 2018. And EcoHealth has stated that everything in that report was also reported in the previous report. Nothing changed. We told you most of this in our first report on coronavirus, a special we did. We were demonetized for that special. We were suppressed because of that special. We were suppressed because all of the people in power are in on this. They need you to be silent and take your medicine that you're paying way too much for. The case is open and shut. Our government knew everything. And now they're trying to cover it up. And I fear... With what is happening overseas, Ukraine is a giant cover-up. What's happening in Israel, I think is really, I mean, it's obvious. It's because Biden has screwed up the Middle East and the peace. And we've been funding Iran and Hamas. I think that's a cover-up, too, for what we've been doing, what this administration has been doing. We need the truth. Without the truth, we cannot survive as a species. But perhaps that's what a lot of these people want, a new kind of species to replace us humans. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.